Welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. It's Tuesday the 28th of August and thanks for joining us as we talk on what we learned in game week three and surmise what game week four and beyond may have and hold for us. I'm your host FBL Marple aka the Marple Curse and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars and my amiga Kylie. Our special guest this week is the one and only Dave from Burnley. Welcome back on the Three Amigos Dave. Um, I'm glad to be back. Thanks very much. Yeah, Dave, you're one man that I can always guarantee to come on, to be happy to come on the show, even if you've had a woeful game week and you've had a bit of a bad start to the season. Tell us, <laughs> tell all the people all about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would love to. I share, share in the pain. That's it, I know, I know. Some Sometimes I, I had an unbelievably rough start to last season but um, and it didn't get a lot better, but uh, hopefully it'll be a bit better for you. Well, m- mine was... Mine was entirely self-inflicted because I sold Aguero. So, I, I mean, just just move on. You're going to have to tell us that full story uh, in a little while, I'm sorry. But uh, yeah. that's the price of admission. Uh, Kylie, how was game week three for yourself? Um, I know you spent it away on holidays, and I know that you sometimes find when you when you holiday while FBLing, it doesn't work out well for you. Yeah. Um, I did warn Mars what was going to happen. Um, this week wasn't great. I, I got 49 points minus a hit. Um, I, there were a few changes that I wanted to make to my team, but unfortunately, two of the people that I removed in King and Ericsson decided to deliver returns, which was quite frustrating. Um, and the problem for me was being so heavily invested in City and Liverpool and and there not being much in the way of points there or, or the points you know, that I did get Robertson and Salah, like so many own anyway. So it was just Saturday and then I had to watch in agony as my only player, Van Aanholt, on Sunday got me one point and then all of the matches, uh, all the points rolling in for uh, Kane and Trippier owners yesterday. It was a little painful, but you know what? I just, I drank lots of wine, I ate lots of cheese and I just didn't sweat the small stuff. But Marzi, tell us about um, your team. We all know that it's pretty much the same team as Kylie. So um, what was your game with three team like? I know you didn't have the benefit of the sun like Kylie did, you know? Don't, 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 don't. R-E-S-B-E-C-T. A little bit of respect is all I'm asking for. Please, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. <laughs> That's all I want. What's going on? There's no respect here. I mean, you know, I won, I, I won three titles. I won... You know, like that's. Uh-huh. Yeah, you bet. You bet Hannah in a mini league, Mars. That doesn't really make you a champion. <laughs> yeah. So I just want some respect, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, forty-four points. Um, so we just move on. It, it was not. It was nothing special. Not too bad. Uh, but I did activate my wildcard, and we can talk about that later. Um, tell the um, tell the listeners you of course Marzi always do your um, your rant of the week and um, what is your rant of the week this game week well R-E-S-B-E-C-T I need some respect and you don't feel you're, my, get, my you don't feel you're getting it no <laughs> well my rant is about Hoster because honestly the guy's losing it I mean I, I, I loved him when he first came to the premiership he was a, f- a breath of fresh air 
but he's just losing his marbles. And like we said about before we started this season, I think all is not well. And um, I think the guys, um, yeah, let's see. They, sorry, Dave, but Burnley are even worse than United at the moment. So I think they'll probably beat them, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be any better. You know, I, mean, yeah. I said United, United are United and they will come back. But I just don't think it's all well at all at, at United at the moment. At least Burnley have got an excuse that they're travelling 4,000 miles every Thursday night and having spent about 10 pence in the, uh, the, 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 the the window. I think Mourinho lost it last year when he went to Anfield and played for a nil-nil draw. He's been losing it for a long time and it's uh, it, it, it's been coming. I just You watch the Man City um, uh, documentary on, on Amazon and you just see Guardiola at the top of his game and you, 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 just, you just think that Mourinho's just just seemingly past it now. He just can't operate at the highest level. He's, he's just not there. Klopp and uh, Guardiola are pushing boundaries, aren't they? They're just setting new standards, and he just can't he just can't keep up. Even even Poch, I mean, Poch could have sat there and sulked. He didn't sign anybody, you know. But he just I don't know. It's, it, I, people say it could be mind games. If it is, it's backfiring big time. Let's see. I mean, we're only three games in. Right? Like I said, it's United. Never write them off. But. It's not all well at, uh, at Old Trafford at all. I don't think. Yeah, I think if his mind, if it is mind games, he's um, he's outfoxed himself really because he just seems to be tying himself up in knots. If that's the case, if it is mind games, and I mean, there's not a whole lot of point in it because he can't get any more players in now, so there's not a whole lot of point in him still um, still carrying on the same way. But um, I just think that the team just doesn't seem to be playing for him. And Pogba looks like he's uh, he's he's looking he's looking elsewhere already. Um, but um, yeah, not not looking good at Old, Old Trafford at the moment. Now follow on to the big topic of the week, and this week, of course, it is wild cards and early hits. A lot of people in the community are taking wild cards, and they are even taking minus fours, minus eights in order to try to get ahead of those price rises and try to get their lineup right with Man City firing, Liverpool firing, Spurs fixtures changing, and so on. There's a lot of people kind of making drastic changes to their team. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first because we did mention, and you're going to have to talk about it for a little while now, is you did wildcard in game week two. What was your reasoning behind that? And what's your, it obviously didn't work out for you. We do know that. But is there a long-term, do you think there'd be a long-term gain for you? Or is it just one of those ones you're going to have to notch up to a bad memory? I'm a, I'm a gambler at heart. And, Listen, I had, if you have a good game week one, I think you should wildcard because the chances of you having a good game week two are diminished. You know, if, if you have a bad game week one, stick with your team because the chances are those players may score second week. But I was wrapped up in the Aguero thing. Will he start? Will he not start? And all that sort of stuff. And I just took a punt on Sterling. I thought he looked fantastic. I thought Guardiola had hyped him up. You know, I, I I just thought Sterling has easily outscored Aguero last year, and he's he's he's, he's pivotal to to City. I mean, look what happened when they dropped him. They dropped him and uh, struggled against against Wolves. So it was a gamble. It could have paid off, and instead Aguero just just hit three and an assist. And listen, I'm 180 points, and if you'd have said, look, after three weeks, do you want 60 a week? I'd have snapped snapped your hand off. Um, I, I don't. The, the wild card to me is not a big deal. It's you know save a 
save a transfer and spend a couple, you know. You, you never need to do more than four or five changes anyway in a team, do you? Let's face it. You, the rest of a wild card's fiddling around with the second keeper and swapping your bench fodder around. But generally speaking, you're only really looking at three, four or five uh, key changes. And I just couldn't resist a gamble and it, it, it went wrong. And I'm actually not that bothered, you know. I, to, to be honest, so many people are wild carding. I mean, the real... There's a real opportune time to wildcard coming up when there's some huge fixture shifts and the, the Champions League kicks in. But no one's going to hold it. Everybody's just going to burn it now. And will everybody will be in the same boat. You know, come CL rotation and the fixture shifts for Chelsea and, and Spurs, well, everybody will be spending. It's, it's, it'll go mental. Very few people will save it. And let's face it, those people that save it probably won't use it in game week five or six. They'll probably be waiting for a fictitious double game week. In, I know Harry Kane turns up and gets injured in one and does nothing in the second one. Yeah, so it, it's it, the wild cards are, you know, it, it's, it's, it's two or three spends. It's not a big deal. If you burn it, it doesn't work. You, two or three weeks' time, when you have a couple of spends, you, you, you can recover. So it's gone. It was a gamble. It was a gamble on Sterling versus Aguero, and I lost uh, a risky gamble. And you could argue that it was it was unnecessary. But I like doing things early in the season because I've got plenty of time to recover. You know, this time last year I was at 1.2 million and I finished what 6k. I'm at 1.2 million again. You know, so it's it's just uh, uh, it's not it's not a big deal. Yeah, it hurt. No, I was it, no doubt for it was. I remember yeah. you put up a thing saying um, I I don't want to talk right now, where you said um, yeah I'm not in the humor, <laughs> yeah. I'm not in the mood. Um, but uh, yeah. as you mentioned, I mean I think that's the thing with uh, with wild cards. Obviously, you like to to hold them for a situation where you want to make a big structural change to your team. So where you want to like shift your shift the, your money into your forward line from your midfield, and you don't want to do it over a pace of weeks. That you want to kind of there's a big change say as you mentioned the chelsea and spurs fixture change and people will have like they you know they'll have uh they want to get in harry kane for instance up top instead of maybe aguero or you know get Aubameyang in after the game week two the the crappy first two fixtures um as much as that hasn't worked out yet but um yeah, yeah as, i mean I, I i got the structure right i think jimenez and ings as a pair give you an option at 5.5 million and it's always the same with strikers it's a cheap striker a season it's not never about one player you need a backup and Jimenez and Ings give a, a, a pair of players at 5.5 and then you've got Mitrovic and Wilson uh, and, and, and King uh, amongst others you've got a bunch at 6 6.5 so I've got the structure in that, that I like and I think many FBL managers are, are seeing that that they're seeing value in um, in the cheap strikers and a lot of money is going into the defence. There's not a lot happening in midfield. You know, Liverpool have looked good as a team, but that front three haven't really set the world alight from a footballing perspective. They just not look sharp to me. You know, I, I, they're just not quite clicking. And I think that, you know, Hazard, from the moment he stepped on grass, just, just looks like the best player in the world. Uh, I, I mean, I... You know, his manager moaning about him not being ready for more than 15 minutes, and he just gets the ball and just just looks astonishing. And I think that there's uh, going to be some pain um, uh, coming up. But the structure is probably everybody look has got a bit more in defence than they, they usually have, and they've got some cheap some some cheap strikers. But 
Listen, the next big thing for me is Harry Kane and, and Aubameyang. It, it, it's it's how long. I quite like the idea that I don't own Aguero because I think people are into him for 2.2.3. .2 He's on fire. But what that means is is that they'll not look at the fixture swings. That, that when Harry Kane just they just won at Old Trafford three nil. And then people are saying, well, you know, they've, they've got Watford and Liverpool coming up, so I won't buy him. But he's just scored and assisted at Old Trafford, you know, in August. Um, so I think there's some big opportunities coming up for some big players that are, are, are almost under the radar. I think you've got Kane on the, the agenda for later on, so I'll, I'll, I'll back Dave, off. I, um, I love it. I've got to admit, I love it. You kind of convince yourself that you've done the right thing and you're backing it to the hill, and I love it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you respect to you. When you make a mistake, if you back out too quickly, you just lock in the mistake into everybody else's fault. Exactly, it's spir it, spirals. It spirals. It becomes more yeah. and more mistakes, and you start making silly mistakes and taking hits and stuff. Listen, I've seen a lot yeah. of people do what you did. Quite a few people did. You know, I think Mad Pick decided to sell Aguero just like you did. And it's, yeah. it's, you know what? It, it takes it, it, it's it's a move that takes balls. Uh, something that I wouldn't do just because I I love Aguero, right? So and, and and I had faith in him. But you know what? I've always said: have a plan and go with it. If it doesn't work, at least it's your plan. You're not following people, right? Well, you have to you have to go with it for more than one week. So, for example, if Absolutely. I back out now, I've just locked in the losses. So this weekend, I will be on Sterling captain. I have to give him a, th a, a three-game run uh, until the, the Champions League start and, and uh, try and get the points back, yeah. you know. And, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, like some people might, you know, the, 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 the tantrums and the give And of course, you were angry at the time, probably, and annoyed, you know, you made a move and the guy goes and scores a, a hat-trick. But like you said, you know, you made a plan and you stuck with that. To be honest, I, um, I wasn't planning on on wildcarding uh, this early, but um, after game week three, I made one. I made an early move on Rich. Naughty Rich got sent off, and then I thought, and then I, I, I looked at my team and I looked at some of the players that I delivered. I'm like, I can't afford these guys. If like if I keep doing moves and minus fours and you know and two moves here, two moves there, I'm going to be just always a step or two behind. And I looked at my yeah. team and I realised that I could do nine changes and be happy with the team that I want. So I activated the wild card. I, I even I knew what team I wanted. So that's made me go for it. Um, some of it were, you know, I wouldn't say chasing. Sometimes you just have to admit, not defeat. Like, you know, I went Van Dijk over Robertson. So with my wild card, I've gone with Robertson. Because it's quite obvious whether, you know, when you watch them, who's going to get... Like, Virgil will get some goals, but Robertson is involved in everything that is Liverpool attacking forward. So there's no point. Mendy's another one. I didn't have before. So I look at him and I'm like, I want this guy in my team because I want to be excited about my team. And when I watch those players, I want to be excited watching them. The guy's like a left winger come left forward sometimes. Right. So for me, it was I had plans to bring those guys in. But this, the rises was also another thing that made me press that button. Um, and now I, I have the, the, the for me. You know, the, what looks like a Twitter template, but actually it's really small percentage. It's the Alonso, Mendy, uh, Robertson backline. Um, Kylie, do you want to come in on the um, on the wild cards? I know you haven't activated, so you're the only one with uh, with your chips still intact. But um, what's your thinking on wild cards and kind of? You know why she didn't activate her wild card, right? 
because she wants you to make <laughs> some changes. She, she and... wants to see my team first, and then she will activate her one. Well, all I can hear is you bringing in players that I've had since the start. So uh, oh, zing, sounds zing, like yes. you've yep. brought, yep. you've used your wild card to uh, fill the gap. Um, no, I haven't hit the wild card yet, and in a shocking development, will not be making the same move as Mars this week. Um, I won't be wildcarding just yet. And I, I can see definitely see the merit in, in why people are doing it. We are seeing a lot of really aggressive movement in the, in the price changes for quality players, players that we know have a history of doing really well and they're coming out of the gates really quickly. So, you know, when you see Alonso performing, these kinds of players, people want to jump in on them and they become really difficult to, to squeeze in quite quickly when there's Aguero and Kane and Salah and these kind of expensive players in people's teams already who are holding funds. But um, for me, because I took, I had saved my transfer uh, going into week two, so I did a mini wildcard, if you will, last week with a four-point hit, and I removed players that I was relatively unhappy with in my team, even though a couple of them did actually score, that I'm still okay with that because I think that I had a lot of the players already in my team that people are bringing in, so your Mendes and Robertsons and so on, and and Aguero. Um, so the, the spine of my team... I was already happy with, and it was a few other tweaks. And while there's still there are still players that I would like to bring in, I don't feel that I need to wildcard just yet. And I think that I can get it where I want it to be, you know, with with a move or two. But I I do think with your first wildcard, I'm quite strict around when I would play the second one in the second half of the season. But with the first one. I really think anything goes. I mean, in the first season I played it, I played it on the last week that that you can play it because that was my best season and I didn't need it. And in fact, when I played it, I had a worse week than I had before. In other seasons, it's been sort of game week six or so. It's really when you need it and when you think it'll be most beneficial. Dave referred to a few of the fixture swings that will come up. And I think if you're in a position where you can hold your wild card until that point and potentially get some benefit there, then that's brilliant. And, and hopefully I'll be in a situation to do that. But I mean, if I have another sort of average game week and the so-called template starts to change again, then perhaps I will need to play it sooner than I anticipate. I personally, that's the, that's a very good point, Kylie, because I think it is playing this early one. This first one is pretty much when when your when your own team. Well, both wild cards are, but this one is you're definitely a little bit more freedom probably in your first wild card. Um, I mean, I actually played mine, and it was a bit of it was an unusual one because most years I play my wild card when I'm really really unhappy with my team. I was actually fairly happy with it. There was about three changes that I'd want to make. Um, but my reasoning was I was looking at my team and it had done quite well. I was in top, I was 110k, I think it was, coming into the game week. And 
but I was looking at my team and I was actually thinking they're actually overperforming. There were some players in there that I was going, I don't actually fancy their chances long term. Um, and actually a couple of them I got kind of wrong with one of them was Arnautovic pulled him out, put in Zaha so it didn't work out badly because of course Arnie got injured and came off with uh, with not even the full appearance points. But, you know, the, and Wilson, the king, made a few sideways moves with, with the wild card. But a lot of it is kind of protecting my early start and believing that the team I had, as much as they had brought in the points before, that they weren't actually going to maintain that pace and I was going to fall back. Um, so that, that was my reasoning behind it. But um, I think, yeah, the wild card and hits, it's, um, it is all about it, making, it, making it work long term, not just for one game week, but just making it work long term. Um, we want to actually give the listener league update and um, last week we were doing it of course and it was literally hot, hot on the heels of the um, of the of the game week finishing so um, we mightn't have got it quite right but um, this week the nearly man uh, Jer Newman's team is top of the table with 260 points uh, Dom superstars that's Dominic Jervis he's on 252 um, I make many moves is Tim Pans he's on 251 points so they are top 3 um, I'll, I'll do my humble brag Mars because I know you'd be disappointed if I didn't but um, I'm the top of the amigos so I'm uh, I'm in 30th spot but I'm um, making moves to make my way up the table I don't know where you are Mars is the table the, my, my screen is only so long you know it's bound to happen once it's done yeah yeah Every fool has his day. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like just like the real the real league table. I don't really look at the table until Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you got Mars. He's been glued. He's been glued to my lineup to see what he's going to do with this wild card. We all know that. Um, trying trying to make moves to pass the dawn. Um, we'll move on, lads, to the next section of the show, which is, of course, um, Dave. You like this one? It's called blank, bonk, or stalk. So in this one, we go through players whose ownership is on the rise and we give our take on whether we want to avoid them. Let's blank them, stalk them. Let's um, add them to our watch list, but we're not sure about it yet. Or bonk them. That's uh, sign me up, big boy. So um, Kylie, you can come, we're going to come to you first on it and um, the defenders. So um, one, one thing that people I saw a lot of conversation on Twitter about was about um, Trent Arnold and um, Alexander Trent Arnold. And for those sorry, Trent Alexander-Arnold, for those wildcarding or trying to save funds, is he an alternative to Robbo? Um, a lot of people pointing out that, of course, he had a shot, the free kick, hit off the crossbar and different things like that. He's, he's, he's looking good in attack, but Robertson seems to be the one to me who always kind of seems to end up in the, you know, in the actual goal-scoring positions or being the man assisting the, the goal-scorer. Um, another couple of options is Monreal, of course, who had a good game week three. And of course, the budget man, Schindler. Um, he's a bit of a favorite among a few of our, um, of our FBL friends on Twitter. Um, he's a bit of a bonus point magnet. Um, is he a good 4.5 option? Um, so what's your thinking, Kylie, on these up and coming defenders? Okay. So starting with, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. And really, when you're looking at him, you are directly comparing him to Robertson. So in terms of the stats, I mean, one of the main issues people would have had is is whether he's nailed or not. He's played one minute less than Robertson. So certainly at this point in the season, he would appear to be nailed. In terms of his goal attempts, 
He has had more. He's had four goal attempts, which is higher than Robertson's. Um, his minutes per chance created is less, though it's 135 to 34. And we can see that, you know, in terms of the eye test, as you said, Robertson does appear to be the creative threat there, and he is really involved in the attacking play for Liverpool. Um, and actually, that's also evident in terms of penalty area touches. So Robertson has 14 to Trent Alexander-Arnold's four, sorry, five, that is. Um, and also, he's been getting a lot of yellow cards. So he's had a yellow card for each of the matches so far, which can be a really frustrating thing. I think, you know, there's certainly a lot of merit in him and his price is a great price for access to what has been the top defence so far this season in any case. Um, what I would say is if you don't already have him, then I probably wouldn't be looking to buy now just simply because of the fixtures. You look at someone like Robertson he is that premium one. And in those cases, with defence, you may be looking to shift around or switcheroo a little bit, um, to use your favourite term there, Don. Um, you may be inclined to do that because fixtures do weigh really heavily with defenders. But, you know, in their next few, they've got Spurs, Chelsea and City. I think that's across the next five. So... It's not great, and you would expect these teams to score a goal. So I think that he's one that you can put on the stalk list and watch and just continue to monitor him and get get through those fixtures because, you know, it, you're not necessarily expecting him to get as many attacking returns as Robertson, and so your clean sheets are really important. But after that, if you don't have Robertson and you're looking at, you know, wanting to have these other premium options in Alonso and Mendy where there may not be other viable alternatives that are as interesting, then he's worth considering. Um, in terms of Monreal, he's a really interesting one because, you know, anyone who started watching football last year or started playing fantasy football last year would look at Monreal and think he scored five goals. This is brilliant. But actually, if you look at the five seasons before that, he scored one goal in total. So it's like, has he just completely changed in terms of, you know, the way that he plays and the role that he plays? He's come out and he scored a goal last week. And certainly him and Bellerin do look like attacking options. I still think I'm probably leaning a bit more towards Bellerin. I think 5.5 is a nice price. Um, the thing with with the Arsenal options is that despite their really nice fixtures, they just have been poor defensively. So I think there's so many options, you know, at 5.5 or maybe if you stretch a bit more that look more solid at the back. So at this point in time, again, I'd put him on the stalk list because I think you have so many options you're competing for, but certainly they have a fantastic fixture run. So you can have a look and see if if that defence starts to look like it'll yield returns against some of these weaker teams they're playing. Um, in terms of our last option, yeah, Schindler, I it's a blank for me. Look, the reality is 
It's one clean sheet and three bonus. He does get bonus. That's great. He did concede six goals the week before. Granted, they won't play City every week. I recognise that. But also, they won't play Cardiff every week. And Cardiff haven't scored a goal yet. So I don't know how much of that is just part of being terrible in front of goal and how much it's about Huddersfield being great defensively. So, you know... I would say it's about 70-30, Cardiff being really rubbish. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And also, if you look look at their fixtures, right? So in the next six, they've got Everton, Palace, Leicester, Spurs, Burnley and Liverpool. I think these teams are all scoring against them. So, um, you know, even though only two of them are are top six sides, Everton, Palace, Leicester, like these are attacking teams as well. So I just don't see the time that you would want to play him um, unless he's your bench option and, and has to come in. I think that Huddersfield could really be in trouble this year. And I think the result flattered them. I fully agree with Kylie. Don, just like we walk, we talked to you away from Stecklenburg. Sorry, not Stecklenburg, Vickford. Don't, don't <laughs> go Huddersfield. They get, they are getting relegated. With all respect to, to Huddersfield, uh, uh, you know, uh, lovely club, uh, great fans, but I think they're going down this year. Now, if you really want, right? For me, the 4.5 on uh, this 0.5 is wasted because you're not going. Most people have two or three premium defenders. You're not going. So why not go with Bennett from Wolves? Four mil, he plays. He's played in the last three games. Just put him on the bench. You, your fourth or, or, or fifth defender is not going to play much. You just need him in case one of your defenders don't play. Exactly. So save the point five and put a four mil. We know Bennett has been playing because people have went for Peltier. He's not playing. Obviously, you've got Biscuit. Biscuit will be playing. So that's a, that's, that's a four mil. Um, and then you've got uh, Bennett. And then the, the other one is, again, yeah, it's Huddersfield, but Stankovic because he scored and I was looking at him, but then he doesn't really start for them. So for me, I think the four... You, unless you're going cheap on defence, you don't need the 4.5 if you've got the premiums. Save that 0.5 and go somewhere else. I agree, because you're not going to bench the premiums, not in favour of Schindler. Never and if you do the that, then, yeah, John, if you do that, then you will not be the highest performing amigo. Kylie, I, f- I feel like we should take credit <laughs> for his uh, amazing start. We've kind of mentored so. him. Yeah. We, we're mentoring so. him into it. <laughs> we, we've talked him out of some. Some strange choices. I think we do. Yeah, let, let, lesson of the day. Don't bench premiums even if they're playing against each other because highly likely they will still get uh, something. So, Theo, let's start with the Wally. People are looking at Rich, uh, not a Rich replacement. And to be honest, I, you know, why not? They, so, you look at Everton's pictures. They've got Huddersfield on Cardiff at home. Two nice, easy pictures. You probably, when, when you looked at Rich, Rich Allison, you you thought, right, I'm buying him because of this run of games, because Everton have a good run of games, or if you have any of their players. So this is a nice direct replacement, uh, same money. Theo will probably rise because every, a lot of people are buying him. Um, and, and then you, you look at the way he's playing. And actually, he's... He, OK, so, uh, I, I read somewhere that the only shot that he took went in. Well, brilliant. Long may, may continue. Watch how he plays. He's actually really, you know, like coming off the wing into the area, playing really well with the, with, with Tosin and the other guys forward. Obviously, now they have to find somebody to, to fill uh, Rich's boots. But I see him. I see the hunger. I see the old. You know, like it's not so. It's not as much as uh, my name is Theo. I'm a, I'm a striker, but it's more like he wants to get in. He wants to get goals. And you know what? Maybe he hasn't given up on England yet. And would now some players have retired and there's internationals coming up. He might want to impress 
Southgate and should remind him that he's still there. And I, I think I think it's a great move, right? Because most likely you bought Rich, if you bought Richardson from the beginning, you've got the price rise. So even when he dropped, you didn't lose any money. You get Theo and you get more money because he, he was at six point five and now he's gone up. So I think I think Theo for the two fixtures that are coming up, it's a nice gamble. If it doesn't work, you can go sideways. You can you can uh, downgrade afterwards. But I think I think it's a good move. Everton are a very attacking team when you watch them, right? They they they. In every game they've scored, um, and they've been attacking. Um, okay, stay away from their defenders. Even then, they do have Cardiff. But th- I think the, the attacking football that they play, Theo will get chances, and uh, I've, I've gam- I'm gambling on him. So for me, he's a, a bonk. Yeah, it feels kind of strange, though, Marzi. Do you not think um, when, when one Everton player goes down, bringing in another one, it's like we really think of them as being some sort of attacking juggernaut that we need to have a piece of it. But um, I do know what you're saying. Uh, Walcott has well, a, six, a six point five. There, there are options, but there are options. But who else you got? Pedro. Most people either have him, or um, you know, again, Chelsea do have a, a, a good couple of games, right? But apart from that, they are the seven or five, and they're not scoring that much. Or you've got Jota who who's dropped in price and not doing not doing great. But you know. I think, look, if you're looking at the replacement, you've got to throw, you've got to throw Perea into that. You, you, you've, he, you, you do. The quality and Watford have looked very, very, very good. They have, and credit to Watford. Credit to Watford. However, can they sustain this? I don't know. But listen, it doesn't matter if they can or not. If they keep scoring and he's involved, fantastic. Um, but I agree with you. He deserves to be on the list because, again, I think he's six million. And he's involved in, involved in everything that, that Watford are doing attacking. They always seem to have this this uh, gem at the beginning of the season. So whilst they're riding high, why not? Now, uh, Lucas Moura, well, you know, I was really, really impressed with him yesterday. Probably the best game that he had for Spurs. Um, <clears throat> son or no son, if you have Lucas Moura, I, I've seen quite a few people and some, some of the guys that we know have sold him. And I didn't get why. OK, yeah, I know they were going, they're playing United, but he... He scored a goal, right, uh, before, and he's been involved. If you watch him, he's been playing off Kane, so he's playing up front. So he's an out of out of position midfielder playing as a forward, which is what we love in in in, in FBL. Um, you know, Spurs are Spurs. They've been playing. They they've been quite attacking. He's fresh. He didn't have he didn't have any World Cup to worry about. Um, he he's one that I would stalk for me because I think, yeah, okay. I said Son or not Son, he will play. I think I think he will continue playing. I think Poch will be crazy to. Uh, to drop him, but he might rotate him to keep him fresh when Son comes back, right? And I think he's w- one of those that, yeah, okay, he got a couple of goals. He'll be in and out of some games, and I think they have they have a couple of tough games coming up. So maybe he's somebody that I would stalk. He's not in my plans at the moment. Um, and then um, as for Mr. Eden, so he's my uh, he's my gamble, my wild card at the moment. I've gone for him. Um, because I like Chelsea's pictures. Everybody seems to have Pedro, and Pedro's having a good season, pops up with a goal. I like Eden. I like the way he plays football. Again, he came, you know, at Newcastle, everything went through him. And I think he'll be a, one of the main men for, for Sarri's, Sarri's system. Um, they have two nice games. Now, I know he's a troll. We all know he's a troll. But you know what? For me, again, it's a gamble. Two games, if he does well, I'll keep him. 
If not, it's an easy downgrade and upgrading somewhere else. Now, I said the same about Sanchez. Sanchez didn't deliver in two games or one assist in two games, and I sold him. So, for me, I'm, I'm learning, like, okay, sometimes I watch. If I don't like what I see, I just I let go. But I'm, I'm quite impressed with Hazard. I think him and Alonso are linking up really well. Him and um, the midfield, that midfield of Chelsea are playing really well. I mean, uh, bless, I don't know how Morata's not getting more goals because of the supply that he's getting, but that's something else. For me, Hazard, if you can afford him, if you have like a Sanchez that you want to sell, or maybe you're thinking Salah managed too much and you have some money and you want to have a Chelsea cover, that is different. Because to talk about Hazard as a differential is, is crazy. Um, but not many people will have him in their team because Sari was, you know, he didn't start the first few games. Sari said um, that he might not be able to play more than 60 minutes. And guess what? He finished the game at Newcastle. So, I think we'll see him in a lot more. He's already risen in price, and we'll see him in, in more teams. So I'm jumping on early. And if it doesn't work, nice and easy downgrade. So for me, uh, a bonk if you can afford, and definitely a stalk if, if you need a couple of moves. Yeah, wonder wonder will Hazard uh, troll us all again, or is he? Because uh, he did, he did look great, I have to say. If you were just picking players and you hadn't uh, you didn't know any Premier League players or anything like before, you would think he was. Uh, he looks like one of the very very top players in the league. Which of course he should be based on his potential. But um, Dave, um, it's still August, and yet Harry Kane has scored twice already. For now, is he a blank, a bonk, or a stalk for you? And um, and another player is Mitrovic, of course, who has looked fantastic so far for Fulham and has now got three goals and one assist so far. Um, what grade are you giving those two guys? I think he's easy. I think Kane is a stalk, but. It's purely because of City's fixtures. I mean, the next four games for City are Newcastle home, Fulham home, Cardiff away, Brighton home. So unless you're going to... I mean, who's really going to restructure a wild card and bring in Kane and Aguero? Because you're not going to be captaining Kane. So, I mean, I had a plan. When I wild carded, I knew exactly what I wanted to do because a, a, a City Spurs... Uh, um, captain rotation from four to nine is Newcastle, Fulham, Brighton, Brighton, Cardiff, Burnley. So I, I already knew what I wanted to do. It just backfired when Sterling was dropped. But the the the, the time to bring Kane in is the, is the fix to switch. Uh, and but it's going to take a brave person to drop Aguero in the midst of all of that. The the the, the big the big chance here if you're going to take a risk is will Aguero play Fulham and Cardiff when there's Champions League in between the two games? Now, for me, I'd be bringing in Harry Kane uh, for game week six. Uh, Spurs pay Brighton. I'm not convinced that Aguero's going to play Cardiff. I mean, let's face it, the, the, their second 11 will, will, is, is a phenomenal team. I mean, why would Pochettino play Aguero, Fulham and Cardiff when there's Champions League midweek? I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity to bring Kane in at that point. And if I had a wild card, that's when I'll I tell you what, Dave, I'll be really surprised if Pochettino makes a decision for Pep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. True. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm not... Listen, you're not going to sell Aguero when he's just about to play Newcastle and Fulham at home. But that Cardiff game has to be seen as a risk. And... I would be wanting to go into uh, week six with two transfers. I'd be watching those Champions League games like a hawk. You know, if he comes off after 60 minutes and they're 3-0 up, he might just start against Cardiff and score four. 
This is the beauty of this next four or five weeks. There's huge fixture swings for Arsenal, Chelsea and Spurs and this Champions League. And we're all going to gamble. Some of us will get it right. Some of us will get it wrong. But I would be stalking Kane uh, for that fixture switch because Kane has Cardiff in, in week eight. And if you've got um, Aguero and Kane or you've got a Sterling and Kane, you've got Brighton, Brighton, Cardiff from six to eight. So at this moment, you'd be insane. I mean, I'm already certifiable uh, for getting rid of him, but Kane is, I, I'm going to be bringing Kane in. I've already made my mind up. He's going to be coming in for that game against Brighton and I'm going to be captaining because um, I think everybody else will be on uh, Aguero. Unless we get other some crazy journalist who has some weird... Oh, by the way, Mars, I don't know whether you know, but the journalist that ruined my my season by saying that Aguero's going to get dropped, he was the guy that tipped um, Ozzy over the, the edge after the um, the game on... Yeah, I know. He, yeah. he went back up in my estimation, bless him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the same guy. But, but yeah, so, so, so Harry Kane... I think the opportunity for people like me who don't have Aguero is everybody's going to sleep. They just parked Aguero. He's captain for Newcastle, Fulham, Cardin, Brighton. Happy days, let the points come in. But I think he's going to miss one of them. And that's when you've got to be lucky and pounce. Mitrovic is easy as well. You've got to bring him in. If if, if your team is structured around the, a 5.5 and a 6.5, then Mitrovic... Fulham just look a good squad they've got a good attacking squad and a good manager and I just think they're going to score goals uh, and let's face it he's the, the guy's on form so I, he's he's easy if you've got a 6.5 slot in your team and most people have um, you know we, we all went king and then Wilson's banging him in you know it's between Wilson and him isn't it there's, there's good choices at 6.5 you've got Wilson and Mitrovic to cover each other and then you've got Ings and, and Jimenez um, uh, to cover the 5.5. So I'd have Mitrovic in a, in, in a flash, um, uh, to be honest. I, I'm on a two-striker formation at the moment, so I've got Kamara, who annoyingly scored two goals tonight. Um, He's going to be an FBL legend. He's going to be the new Okaka. Well, actually, that's not saying <laughs> yeah. much because Okaka was not a legend. Yeah. But <laughs> the new Josh The, I, yeah, the I think... new Anish should be... It needs to be, yeah. If he was a 4.5 as well. But yeah, if, if you have, if, if any, I don't think many people are playing three strikers at the moment. I think most have got a, a, a bencher there. But if you are, you've probably got uh, two cheapies and Mitrovic is, a, is an easy option. I think the Kane situation is really interesting. I, I think that this is a Bamiyan who could bang. He's got a fixture swing around that time. Chelsea have some great fixtures coming up. And the, the, the key questions for, for all the experienced managers will will be not Kane. It will be when to sell and if to sell Salah. Um, because he's 13 million. And if you're not going to captain Salah because of City and Spurs fixtures and you're going to captain Kane, it was different last year. He was banging him in at 9 million. At 13 million, when you're not going to put a captain on banding him every week, I, I think there's some big decisions for all fancy managers coming up. And it's, it's when and if to get Kane and when and if uh, to sell to sell Salah. It's some big decisions coming up. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. That'll definitely make or break a lot of people. Is uh, because as with Salah's ownership, of course, um, even taking along as he is, um, if you don't have him, he's uh, he's going to really hurt you. 
But um, but if he really banged, I mean, if he did what Aguero did, and you don't own him, and he's fifty percent owned, you're um, you're going to plummet. But um, yeah, it yeah, the, it will the take one thing you've got is is Hazard and the and, and the Arsenal players aren't going to be playing Thursday nights. They'll be playing weekends, and will with the squad that that the Klopp's got now is is Salah going to be flogged every game because he's 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 got players it's Fabinho and and um, of course Kiri there's players there that can come in and take the pressure off and the 13 million potential rests not going to be captained every week when Hazard's going to be playing every single weekend um, Aubameyang will as well Kane's undroppable isn't he really I mean he's, they're never going to play Laurent in the league Kane will just play every single game he's a machine but I think that the, 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 the key thing um, will be, and I think I, I would do it. If I had a wild card now, I had no hesitation but to fire off Salah, get Hazard in and bring Kane in. Um, I'd have no hesitation at all. The way Hazard's looked, just playing football, he's just looked electric. The biggest issue for Hazard owners, of course, is how crap Morata is. Uh, I mean, he's just going to waste so many of the chances that Hazard gives him, but... You know, um, Hazard on 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 is on pens. He's looking electric. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm, it, I'm, I'm waffling. So, no, no, but sometimes I know that the um, when I was wildcarding myself, I did toy with the idea of Sterling or Hazard in instead of Salah. Um, but every time I looked at it, the extra two million didn't actually make my team look any like stronger. Um, and that mm-hmm. was the way. That was why I stuck with Salah. But um, yeah, I think there definitely is a um, there's there's a move coming at some point when um, when it definitely will be the right thing to do to to not be a Salaman and actually have Hazard. Um, and definitely it could be it could be right now. Um, for all we know. Um, I, I I think there's, there's many managers just walked off Aguero and Salah. You park them and you move on and you tweak the rest of the team. But I mean that's a mistake uh, with, with 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 Salah. I think he's expendable this year. And he's sellable as a fancy football manager. He's sellable. You've got to have the captain's armband on him more often than not. But when a, a City Spurs captain rotation is Newcastle, Fulham, Brighton, Brighton, Cardiff, Burnley from four through till nine, why have Salah? Well, why not have Mane? You know, yeah. uh, why not have Firmino at nine and on foot front and save some money? Uh, one, uh, one thing uh, about uh, Firmino, of course, is um, the uh, since since we're on him, I think that. Um, he, he just he seems to be dropping really, really deep. And you mentioned about the Liverpool forwards not looking quite as sharp as what they have last season. Liverpool are playing well but well enough, but um, the front three don't look quite as fluid as what they did. And he does seem to be dropping very deep to get the ball, um, which which isn't obviously good for his uh, for his fantasy output. But, um, the uh, yeah, no, good, good conversation. And we'll, um, we'll see how that goes, Dave. Um, we'll move on to the preview for game week four and um, Europe first, Dave. So we've given you Leicester versus Liverpool. Um, the uh, as as we every guest that we bring onto the show, of course, we do like to try to turn them into Liverpool fans, myself and Maris. So uh, so it's time for you to wax lyrical about Klopp's boys and um, how do you see this one going from an FPL point of view? I I, I see it as two 0 Liverpool. Might as well go for a straightforward prediction. Um, I, I I'm not seeing. The, the the thing about real life football versus fantasy football, you can have a team losing every single week, but they still provide fantasy points. And there's potential in that Leicester side with 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 players like Morrison, who I really rate as a footballer, but he needs Vardy. 
not Ian Acho. And of course, what I mean again, just just want to drown my sorrows. I brought Vardy and he got sent off. Um, you know, my other wild card player, Ali, goes to Old Trafford. All of the other three attacking players get points. Anyway, that, that's my rant over and done with. But the, the Leicester players, whether it's Gray or, or Morrison, I, I don't rate the defence. Uh, the, the, they're just not. They, you know, Maguire. What, Maguire will probably get three goals this season, but you'd have to start him every single week to catch them, and it's just not worth it. So. It's a pretty dull game from a fancy point of view. Most people have got three Liverpool players. They're going to start them all against Leicester. And, you know, you got, who knows? Marnie could score one one week, Salah the next, Firmino the next. It's a pretty dull game from uh, a fancy point of view. I think the only the, the only issue is is, is um, whether they keep a clean sheet. And, of course, Robertson hoovers up the baps because he goes past players. You know, I, I watched him. He will go past a player, get two or three take-ons, get the baps, and, and Arnold won't. He'll only cross the ball when he's got somebody 10 yards in front of him and he's got 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 space. So I think it's a pretty dull game from a fancy point of view, I've got to be honest with you. We're not going to be captaining a player against uh, a, in, in, in that match. We're just going to hope for a 1-2-0 or two nil Liverpool win, which is probably the most likely outcome. I hope you're right, Dave. I hope it is a, a nice, boring 2-0 win for Liverpool. Um, Kylie will move on to Brighton versus Fulham. And um, as we mentioned, Mitrovic is looking definitely like one of the foreign players in the league at the moment, up against Brighton, um, who've had a little bit of a kind of, a, I guess, they, they had the high of beating Man United, and then they had the low of losing to Liverpool. But um, how do you see this one going? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Brighton shone against United, but it was, I believe, their only goal-scoring foray so far this season. I do think that they're... Well, I think that Fulham will win this match um, because they've, they're have they starting to play well. They're scoring goals. Mitrovic is looking like he's gaining really good momentum, three goals in two matches. So I think that we'll see him score again. As Dave said, you know, in that price bracket, he does look a really good option. We expected Fulham to be attacking and that's certainly happening and they've had a mixed bag of of fixtures. So um, I can see them scoring. I can see Brighton scoring as well, uh, simply because Fulham haven't been great defensively. Their focus has been on attack um, and they haven't kept a clean sheet yet. So, I don't know, maybe a sort of one-two situation, maybe a bit more if uh, Mitrovic goes and scores a few more goals. But I don't think it's like a hugely exciting match, but I think there's fantasy football points there for people. I like it, Dave. You started a trend of, of doing a score prediction in our in our match preview. So um, I think we'll keep that going. Yeah. Um, Marzi, baby, you're next up with uh, Chelsea versus Bournemouth. So... Uh, what do you think? Hazard Hazard versus um Josh King slash um Wilson. Which one uh, which one of those boys do you think will, will turn out this game and uh, will score against Chelsea? So I think it's gonna be an open game. <clears throat> I think Bournemouth will, will try and attack Chelsea just because that's the way they they play football and I think that will that will suit Chelsea. Um I think it's a Chelsea win. I am not gonna tell you a score because I don't want to jinx my players now. Um, in fact, I would rather Bournemouth win for, for, for Liverpool's sake, you know. Always Liverpool, then FBL. Uh, um, but I think, uh, you know, 
for somebody who's just wild card and spent money on Hazard and Alonso, I, I expect them both to deliver in this game. Alonso's playing like a left forward. He's probably doing Morata's job. So, um, I, I, you know, I expect, I expect goals because Bournemouth can't defend and they will try and attack. As of King or Wilson, you know, I, I stuck with King. I had King kept him and he got me the points. Um, but he's gone on my wild card. Um, just because I think there's better options out there. Um, like Crystal Palace's run with Zaha is just ridiculous. So what, why not, you know, go there? Um, so, I mean, if you have either those sideways moves, you said we warned against them, right? In, 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 on the pod. And you still went and did it. <laughs> Don? I, I did, but it was on wild card, to be fair, because uh, I wanted it, it to. It makes move. no difference. <laughs> okay, fine. It, to be fair, I did, Robertson. I did Virgil to Robertson <laughs> on the wild card, yeah. But, so you know, we said the battle. <laughs> no, I, I said I did Robertson to Virgil, which is a side move. Which we won against, but on the wild card, I agree with you. It's I know, fine. That's, that's what I don't saying. think it counts on a wild card. No, I think a wild card is when you should do it. He still just yeah, wants to exactly. give out to me, Kylie, though. I'm uh, just agreeing does, with yeah. you. <laughs> I'm actually yeah, agreeing with you. John, your voice went so falsetto there. It was really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Kylie, um, Kylie, look, Kylie, we Kylie won- I'm not leaving that part in. We took your back. <laughs> We we won against sideways moves, and this is this is what happens. You know, people sold uh, Mora for for a sideway, and Mora goes and scores two goals. People sold Wilson. Okay, they got lucky because Wilson got a couple of assists, but you you burn the transfer. Um, I, I'm not a fan of sideways moves unless it's on wild card. So I think anyway to sum up, attacking to people like Fraser, even though he played today, I think he'll be fine. Uh, attacking players, you keep them in. If you've got Bournemouth defenders, you hide them as a third sub. Yeah, uh, Bournemouth defenders, uh, and and if you're wildcarding, get rid of them. Because Bournemouth don't look like they can save, they can defend to save their life. They're a plague. Yeah, um, Dave, move on to Crystal Palace versus Southampton. Um, and this is kind of in a way the the budget as you at the the battle of the budget forwards. Um, Zaha has been, he's he's been good. Um, he's in my team at the moment. I put him in my wildcard, and he did fine for me last week, even though he didn't look great for most of the match. Um, and he's up against Southampton, of course, with Danny Ings, who's who's in your wildcard team. Um, how do you see this one going from an FPL point of view? Which of us, which um, us do you think is going to be happier, in other words, Dave, at the end of the weekend? I, I This is a tough one. I, I think it's a Palace win, but it's a bit of a blow losing Tompkins, and it doesn't look like he's going to play. I, I, he Obviously, they brought Kelly in last week, and there's so much tighter when Sacco's pairing in, in Tompkins, and I... I I, I can so I can see Danny Ings getting a goal. I, I can see Southampton scoring, but the big question for me is: Will he start Benteke again? I mean, Solov scored tonight, and he can shoot. He's Benteke's just low on confidence. So I, I think the Sahar owners should, should should look forward to the game. You know, um, I'm not. We all jumped all over Van Arnold, but he got his points last year when Zahar was out of the team, and they were he, he was just rampaging up the wing because there was no Sahar, so he had to. So I've got Van Arnold. I love him as a player, but I'm just not convinced in in a in a the current formation he's going to be that you know for 5.5 million going to be a lot of points around. So I'm looking at this game quite closely. I want to see Van Arnold up the pitch. I want to see um, 
can he score some points? Southampton just a dull team and a dull manager. And uh, Danny Ings is such a good, good, good player. At five point five is a bargain. You start him every game, and you're going to get a goal and assist for his for his money. He's just, you know, his fantasy gold. Um, but I, I'm watching Van Arnold closely. If, if if it's not happening again this game, I'm going to consider selling him. I think and uh, um, look as, look elsewhere. PBA um, made, PBA so, made uh, move. He was out of my team and my wild card, and I brought in Robertson for him. As much as I was tempted to keep him, because like you, I love him, love the way he plays, and he's so attacking. But um, but I just decided that I wanted Robertson in instead, and I could afford the extra half mil. But um, I, but yeah, he he does I, look better he, without Zaha. Yeah, he does. I just think it's. With everybody with the Liverpool defender and, and, and Mendy in the side, you, you, you look at Trippier on free kicks and corners. He's taken he's taken a lot of the gloss off Ericsson. And the player looks uh, a dead cert to be in teams come, come come the fixture switch. We're probably all going to, you know, how can we afford PVA? You know, you're going to want Robertson or yeah, you're going to want Mendy. As as Mars said, it's a no-brainer to have a Bennett and Wan Bissaka. There's no there's no value in the 4.5s this year, and that leaves a spot left. And is it PVA or is it Trippier? And it, for half a million more, again, it's just such a simple fantasy decision. So unless P, you know, so unless PVA really steps up in the next couple of games, he's, he's a goner. And so I'll be watching him yeah. quite. Quickly. Dave, I completely agree. By the way, and the fact that the thing is because Biscuit is playing so well. He saved one and a half million. He's doing, yeah, he you know, you look at the points and there's not much. And Biscuit is a beast and probably actually getting more. I haven't looked at the points, but they they do. They both doing well. So I I went with both of them and put Biscuit on the bench to start with. But now I'm thinking, well, you know what? He can be my fourth defender if my fifth midfielder or third striker don't play, or when they have easy fixtures like well, easier home fixtures, I can play him. Well, I've got them both, and I intend to play them both against Huddersfield when Spurs are playing Liverpool. Mm. And that's the point. If, if PVA doesn't deliver when he's got a Huddersfield game, so that you can you can rest the Liverpool defender. I've got Van Arn, I've got TAA. Not not. I prefer Robertson as a player, and and I think you get more value for the million quid. But it's so I can bench him. He's bench. He's more benchable on of five million, and I'm happy to bench him. And I can bench him Van. Ar- I can bench TAA for uh, Bissaka. I have no problem starting Van Bissaka. But TAA at five point five. If he doesn't deliver against Saints and Huddersfield, he's gone for Trippier in 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 a heartbeat. I've already pretty much so if Van Arnold scores points, he stays. But I just can't see him giving value for five point five. But um, that's my view. Yeah, Take sounds, sounds, Mars is pretty much making the decisions a week after I make every decision. That's the same. That's the same rationale. Yeah, yeah he's just. It's as I said in the show notes before we were in our prep. He's basically just copycat. He can't help himself. He copies me. <laughs> yeah. He copies copies Kylie. I am. Yeah, I am um, exactly. Yeah. Kylie, taking um, the stress away. I'm taking the stress away. I'm letting you make decisions, and I just go, yeah, all right. Yeah, I know you're a busy man. Like, I mean, you have you have young kids, Mars. I understand you're not able to put the time into the research, and you're just following what we say. So it's all good. Um, Kylie, we'll move on to Everton versus Huddersfield, and um, what what's your thinking on this? Um, have an Everton easy Everton win. Don't think I haven't noticed that I keep getting Huddersfield. By the way, um. Yeah, I think it is. You're our top analyst, Kylie, so we know that you'll make it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
I'm trying to make Huddersfield riveting. Um, that's a challenge and a half. No, I think this is an Everton win. Um, Walcott will obviously be closely watched by many. He's currently being bought in this week by 465,000 managers thereabouts, and it's only Tuesday. So obviously we know that this is the, the rush from Richarlison um, and, and the fact that he has points in consecutive matches now and, and Everton have been scoring goals. So I certainly think that, that we'll see that. What I'm interested in is whether Everton will actually get a clean sheet. So I think based on Everton's defence so far, probably not. And Huddersfield will get a goal. But, um, you know, they Everton haven't been great defensively. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I um, I really don't know why anyone would have their defence anymore or their keeper for that matter. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he he made way in my wildcard team as well because um, one thing that was kind of funny after about sixty minutes, um, Everton were had a still a clean sheet. Arnautovic had scored. Um, what else had happened? Oh yeah, King had scored, Wilson hadn't. Um, it was literally one thing after another one that seemed to be my wildcard team was just, um, had, had completely gone, um, you know, um, my pre wildcard team had gone berserk and seemed to be like really playing up. But, um, but then Everton did their thing and managed to concede their two goals. So, uh, so yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be rid of my Everton, um, goalkeeper. Well, I think, um, I read somewhere that, there wasn't a shot on target before the 54th minute or something like that in the Everton-Bournemouth match. So I think it was just by default that you still had your clean sheet in that yeah. one, not because Pickford actually saved anything yeah, yeah. at that stage. He doesn't but, seem to um, be racking up uh, save points even or anything at all. But uh, yeah, Everton, Everton no. like Bournemouth, I don't think their defence is, uh, is worth having anything really in. No, definitely you know not. Just a quick point, you're talking about the stat on, on target. One of the best stats I've ever read was that in the Cardiff-Huddersfield game, there wasn't a shot, never mind yeah. on target in the first half. That's how bad those two sides are. And they're pretty certain to go down, aren't they? Let's face it, yeah. they're appalling. I think everyone tipped them from the outset as, as favourites to get relegated. And I don't think we've seen anything in the first three matches to give even the slightest suggestion that that's an incorrect view. Huddersfield have played in the Premier League for over a year and I think I could probably name only three or four of their players and that's only because they have done something in fantasy football for, or people have talked to them about them being like a budget option for a a certain period in fantasy football. But yeah, they pretty much will disappear, I think, out of the Premier League and we'll kind of forget that they were ever in it um, after a couple of seasons. Um, let's move on to the next one, which uh, Marzi, you're on um, West Ham versus Wolves. Um, so uh, Wolves, of course, great result against Man City in game week three. Um, and one thing about West Ham is I thought actually West Ham looked very good. When they were playing Arsenal, there didn't look like there was a whole lot of difference between the two sides. Um, but uh, how do you see this one go? It's going to be an interesting game. West Ham need to win. They just, I think, uh, they they just beat uh, AFC Wimbledon, but that's like with with AFC Wimbledon in the in the cup going, I think, getting a red card. Um, and if you look at the team, he rested a lot of their players. They really need to get a win. 
yes, they played well, but what you know, we're not going to do a Mourinho strategically. I won, we won. Tactically, we won, but points-wise, we didn't get any points. That's <laughs> I just don't get that. I don't understand. I can't believe you even said that. And you don't want Pellegrini saying, yeah, we played well because he said we played well against Arsenal. Fine, brilliant. Yeah, but you still lost 3-1. I think they can't, def- at the moment, they just can't defend. Fabianski is actually keeping them in games. Uh, he's a good keeper. And then you've got Wolves who, I actually think, from what I've watched, they've been quite unlucky in some games. Like against Leicester, um, the defeat came against the run of play, especially the first goal. And then maybe the heads went down. In every game that I've seen them play, they, they attack well. They uh, Patricio um, really kept them in the game against City. Um, but, you know, uh, but those, maybe they're one of those teams that will always be hard to beat at home. Uh, and then that's why I'm saying it's going to be an interesting game because both teams will try and win this game. They see they they have to see this as a winnable game. West Ham must see this as three points at home. Wolves must see it as a game that they can win if they want to reach their ambitions. So I think it's going to be an attacking game. And if you have your players, you know, you, so you need, we need to watch out for Arnie because he came off injured. We don't know how long he's injured for. So you need to monitor that. I'm not interested in any other attacker at West Ham, to be honest. Antonio, not up to it. Um, um, Chicharito, not up to it. And the new boys, Perez and stuff, no, not going anywhere near there or their midfield at the moment. So it's Arnie or Fabianski. You keep him if you've got him. If you've got two cheap keepers, you keep Fabianski. As for Wolves, it's interesting because I had Jota, but I sold him. If I, <laughs> I might have played him in this game based on what I saw against City because he was a lot more involved and back to the player that I thought I would, uh, uh, the reason I put him in my team. Um, and then if you have people like Neves or uh, Jimenez, I think you played them. You play them because I think it's going to be an open game. And West Ham have conceded a lot of goals. Yeah, good stuff, Mersey. Um, Dave, um, the, the Saturday night game is Man City versus Newcastle. And um, Newcastle look like they're playing. They're definitely playing for Rafa. But um, how do you see this one going? Do you think it will be when Man City have difficulty against them? Yeah, whether they... The only difficulty is whether they can set a new record for how many goals they'll score in a game. You know, 8-0. Who knows? I mean, listen, everybody's, everybody's going to be an Aguero. He's going to be, what, 80 90% in the captain's polls. It's it's one of those rare weeks where there, there simply isn't uh, any competition for the captain's armband. So the, the, the challenge for Newcastle is defensive injuries, isn't it? I think Lejeune's obviously not played a minute. He's still out. Lascelles picked up a knot. They've got Fernandez in. I never rated him at Swansea. I think he's OK, but... Listen, it, Clark, Dummett, who's the Yedlin, Fernandez as a back four, you know, and, you know, Shelby, who's, I rate him, like him as a player, and he goes in and in some clattering tackles, and he's he may miss this weekend. So, I mean, it doesn't bode well, does it? Let's face it, you know, he's going to play four, he's going to play a bank of four and a bank of five and out for the best. Uh, but, but, you know, Diarmi, I think, is a lazy footballer. I just don't rate him. They're going to miss Shelby. Key's going to run around and do his best, but it's just all going to be about the number of goals and who scores them. Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll play the same formation at Wolves. It just didn't quite click. I thought Sarney looked appalling when he came on, just like he had two left feet. And apart from one dazzling run, 
you should imagine that he'll um, he'll go Sterling, Aguero, um, and Mares. I think he's probably due a start and probably deserves one um, with Bernardo uh, and, and and David Silva. I mean, who knows with him? You, you, you watch that documentary and you look at it, you, you, you just don't know. What does he wake up feeling a a three five two or? A three-four-three. You just, you just know. You just don't know. The one thing you do know is Aguero almost certainly start and, and bag a load of bag a load of goals. So I'm going to go for six-nil. <laughs> and uh, the uh, of course you're hoping that it will be Sterling, not Aguero, who uh, who bags yeah, the time. I'm on Captain Sterling. Yeah, I'm on Captain Sterling. Done one lot. Those points I've already lost. So um, fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed you don't do it, Dave. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> um, let's well, move on. Say, would you ever have thought that Sterling would be on 2.5% ownership of playing no. Newcastle at home? No, 100% no. Um, because, like, and as, like you said, I mean, I think he's, he has looked great. He's looked brilliant. And, um, and I think there will come a time when we will definitely all be wanting Sterling to, to fit Sterling in there. Um, I'd probably prefer to have Sterling to be honest with you than Hazard, um, as as a um, as a risky one, and especially if you if you did go Aguero-less, um, I'd probably uh, the the, Ster- the Sterling move I think could be uh, could be a good one. And um, but um, let's move on, Kylie, to Cardiff versus Arsenal, um, the Sunday game. So um, the Arsenal, as you said, in attack they look good, defensively not so good. Um, but do Cardiff have anything that's going to really kind of trouble the Gunners? Well, yeah, okay. I think the the key thing here, it is really about the defence because Arsenal have been defensively poor and this will really make a statement about their defence because Cardiff can't score. And uh, if Cardiff can score against Arsenal, well then, you know, I mean, as said, I think that says all it needs to say about Arsenal's defence and uh, them as prospects for us going forward. Um, no, look, Cardiff, we, we, we've said it a few times, they don't have anything going forward. They haven't scored yet. So I can't see past an Arsenal win here. I think they'll score a couple of goals. Look, Cardiff have been defensively very effective. Uh, Etheridge has been very good. So maybe he'll make another penalty save in this match. We'll see. But um, what will be interesting and there's 14.7% uh, of managers out there who have a Bamiyang and will be disappointed in the fact that he hasn't delivered. Despite the first two fixtures being difficult, you still would have expected him to probably nick something in one of those and certainly the simpler match against a, a poor West Ham defence. So it, it's it's kind of hard because... You look at his minutes per attempt and it's it's 31.9. That's only fractionally higher or better than Mkhitaryan's. And Mkhitaryan's substantially cheaper than him and already has a goal and an assist. So you'd feel like you can take a risk on, on Mkhitaryan, have him in there for the great fixtures, see if he continues to deliver. Iwobi is another one who he got an assist in the last match, a goal and an assist in the one before. So regardless of what a lot of people say about him as a player, he's certainly delivered for his very, very small ownership. 
um, recently. So Arsenal win, and if Cardiff score a goal against Arsenal, well, then, you know, Monreal and Bellerin go from uh, stalk to a blank for me. Yeah, I think uh, as you mentioned, Wolby Wolby always seems to find his way into my um, my FPL team at some point every season. Um, I think if I didn't have Mkhitaryan, I possibly would look at him as being just a very very cheap way into the Arsenal attack. Um, but again, it's always one of these situations with the likes of Wolby though is when they actually play him because at the moment he's playing. But is it a thing that you're gonna it's gonna have someone who you can't kind of trust to play? So he's just an extra half million or even full million um, ahead of just a bench fodder midfielder who's guaranteed to play. You know, it's one of them one of them situations where you can kind of fall between two stools. Gundogan is similar for me for Man City. As much as he'll pop up with a an, an assist or whatever, it's kind of hard to know when he's going to do that and when you'll actually feel strong enough to put him into your uh, your starting lineup. But um, let's, Marzi, you're moving on to Burnley versus Man United. I should really have given this one to Dave, but um, but you drew the um, the Man United, the Man United uh, straw out of the um, out of the pack. But um, tell us what what way you think in this one, and Dave, of course, you can give us your your thoughts on it afterwards. Nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> Look. We just we said we said it earlier. Burnley are struggling with Europe. It's it's a fact, and they also got Joe Hart in goal. Uh, I won't be surprised if he's dropped soon. Um, just I don't know. It's, just, it's amazing. You bring you bring Joe Hart in, and suddenly the Burnley defense that was just unbeatable last year is is gone to pieces. And but they're still scoring um, <laughs> in set pieces. So listen, I think it's going to be well. Actually, it's funny enough. Must win game for both teams. United can't afford to lose another game. Burnley having won. So you don't want to lose another game. And I think both teams, might have, Burnley at home, will always be strong and go for it. Can they test United? I think United, I think we'll see a very angry United. But whether the play, are the players playing for Jose? If they are, then I expect the United win. If they're not, then I expect the Burnley home win. So uh, if you've got your Burnley defenders, you play them because they're playing at home. And they are scoring. Like we said, me is assisting Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky is scoring or assisting me. Both of them are scoring, so you keep them. Uh, if you, have, I don't know if anyone is left with any United players, to be honest. Sanchez was a flop, and we all sold him. Who, those who gambled on him, some people had Shaw. Shaw was one of the better players in the first half against Spurs. I think it's going to be a tight game, and if they, you know, the, because both teams will will be a bit defensive, so it could be just one goal in it. So, but. You know, if United win one nil, Shaw gets you a clean sheet. So you play him because he's a premium. You know, you, you don't want to bench a five nil defender unless you have three others who are higher than him. But most likely, if you have Shaw, you've got only two other premium defenders. So you want to play all three. Um, apart from that, yeah, of course. Listen, I saw this thing about the Gea or Hammer last weekend. I mean, you don't pay six million to bench to bench a keeper. Okay, um, um, Huddersfield were playing Cardiff and Cardiff don't score. But unfortunately for those brave ones, Hammer got injured, and that must be a kick. Because to have the balls to bench to here, and then the, the substitute keeps a clean sheet but actually gets injured, is uh, you know is is really a, a kick in the nuts. Um, so for me, you start the here in this game. Um, yeah, and 
And Dave, tell me, um, have you got a kind of any insight? I, the goalkeeper situation at Burnley, what is the situation with Heaton like? How how fit is he, and is it a thing that he's going to get he, that job back well, in? Look, he, he's fit, and he's getting starts in the under-23s and the cup games, but Hart has been brought in to be first choice, and at the moment, it's just not looking particularly good. I mean, the, you know, Pope was fantastic, and, you know, Heaton is the club captain. You know, you've you got to remember that. When, when Heaton plays for the first team, he is the captain. So if at some point, I mean, Dice is brutal. And I, I think Hart's going to get another couple of games. He's not going to bring him in. He's not got him on loan. They've actually paid a contract for him. He's not a cheap keeper. And at this moment in time, it's his spot to, 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 to lose. But you can't let four in. You know, behind a defence that were very, very tight last year. The challenge for 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 Burnley is lack of creativity. You know, the, the creative players are injured. Devore and Brady are a big miss, and then Goodmanson went off with an injury, and that's not looking like a quick one. That's a muscle injury. So there's two or three weeks. You know, it's going to be a set piece. I think Marzi's right. It's going to be a one nil, and if Burnley score, it's going to be a free kick or a corner, and it's just going to be a really, really uh, uh, tight game. But listen, when you've got you know, Pogba and Fred and, and Matic, they're, they're up against, you know, Westwood and Hendrick and Cork. You know, it, it, it shouldn't even be a contest. But Dice is a genius. He gets the best out of players. He, he, he gets them motivated and, and the team play for themselves. They play for the fans, fantastic fans, and they just fight for the death. And you get Ashley Barnes on a, on, on a pitch. It's like, you know, it's like the Spartans, isn't it? It's, it's like, you know, they'll, they'll take anybody on. But the, the, the golfing quality is, is should should tell. And it should be a United uh, 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 win. Um, but let's hope, let's hope not. I, I, I'm going for 1-0. And I'm not, it's a 1-0, but I just can't call it one way or the other. It's, it's, it's a 1-0. Who gets that goal? I hope it's Burnley. Yeah. Well, we won't, we won't complain about that here on this pod either, Dave. No. Um, the last game of the game week, Dave, leave with you, is uh, Watford versus Spurs. Um, I think it's a, it's a yeah. really interesting game, isn't it? Really interesting. Mm. It is, yeah. Whether Kane, whether Kane can kick on and really, really put it up against us. I mean, and a goal and assist in the last one, but uh, if he starts scoring multiple goals in games, then we'll have to be ripping up our team sheets yet again. And as you said, I think we all do need to be planning to bring him in at some point, but... It would be good if he really put the cat among the pigeons and um, and made put pressure on people to do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean the surprise for me, Watford have looked good. I mean they they, they must have about fifteen centre backs, but they've, they've settled. I think is it Cabaselesti and uh, Cathcart and you know Kiko Femenu was a fantastic player last season, a really gifted footballer. You know Jan Mats come out of the the blocks and and, and Olibas, who's everybody's favourite head case. So. He's gone for a surprising back four. They've looked good. I think Deeney's been playing out of his skin and, and working his socks off. Uh, I, I think that the, the, the key for me will be, I think Delefeo will be, I think he's, 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 he's due back. And watching Pereira and Delefeo up against Davis and Trippier could be, probably from a footballing perspective, a really interesting uh, um, uh, matchup, and I'm looking forward to, to to that game from a fantasy point of view. No one really owes owns any Spurs players. <laughs> I've got Davis and Ali, so I, I've got a keen interest in that game. So, from a, I think he's got more interest from a from a football spectacle than, than than a fantasy spectacle. But I think you're right. If Kane gets anything, I think it'll set 
the uh, the fantasy world. Um, uh, well, actually, I tell a lie. I've already said it up with Kane. And people are just going to, yeah, whatever. You know, because Aguero's got three homes in the next four, including, you know, Fulham and Cardiff and Brighton. And, and I just think it'll just probably just be ignored if Kane gets another goal. I think the interesting thing will be Trippier. I think from a fantasy perspective, if Trippier keeps a clean sheet or gets any attacking points, I think that everybody's favourite back line is going to be um, Mendy Robertson and, and Trippier. I, I, you know, but then you've got Alonso. So could everybody switch the wild cards on and, and just move with Basarka on the perfect 50 fender and just move to a 4-4-2? Um, I think it's, it, the, the, so it's quite an interesting game from a, from a strategy point of view. But from a footballing perspective, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a good game. I think, as you mentioned there, I think Trippier, actually, he's the one I was debating between him and Robertson um, when I dispelled the, the TEA, when I went Robertson over TEA, but my thought was in, in a week, two weeks, is to bring in Trippier. And I have to admit, I was kind of dissuaded from doing it because of the Man United match and just fixtures. I said, well, I'll hold for now. But, um, yeah, I think Trippier is uh, he's looking like... He, he could well be worthy of being mentioned alongside like Alonso and Mendy this year. Um, if, of course, Pochettino plays him in every game. Well, this is, you, could, you could get a lot of managers looking at a back line of, of, of Robertson and Trippier, Alonso, Mendy, and thinking, this is fantastic, a wild card. Look at my team, and it looks brilliant. And then we hit week five, and none of them start. I mean, this is the risk is that, you know, Aurea could easily play for Trippier to play Champions League. You know, Marino and Klein could easily come in uh, for Liverpool. Mendy could easily just get a rest uh, 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 for Delph. Alonso uh, for Zabacosta. You could, if you put all your eggs in these wing-back, full-back uh, teams, which four, five and six could kill you. And I think that's the next big step. I think if you've got triple-ups and heavy defences, you've really got to lose, you've really got to look at your exposure, you've got to minimise that. You've got to have a Bennett and a Bambasaka because it's going to be absolutely, you're going to get killed. It could be carnage. And I think the teams that are overloaded by those big defenders who are getting some big points at the moment could really hurt from a fancy point of view because who are their subs? You're bringing in Stevens on a 4.5, who's guaranteed two or one points. Um, I think it's going to be real fun. I think I'm looking forward to weeks four and five and six because I think it's going to be carnage and going to be fun from a fancy point of view. Not for those that have got four bench six million defenders, but do you know what I mean? It's it's an interesting time, you know, really interesting time coming up. But the the issue with with Trippier, sort of, I I agree. You know, you you run a risk at certain points during the season with um with some of those options. The issue with Trippier and part of why he wasn't really considered is because we know after season upon season that Pochettino rotates those fullbacks and it's at the most heartbreaking times. Like it's a great fixture and you want Davis or Trippier to play and they get dropped or not dropped, but they, they get rested and, um, you know, and then they'll play them in the, the tougher matches. And it's just really difficult to call which times those rotations will occur. So um, that's one of the challenges with owning one of them slightly more so than some of the other premium options because you run the risk of rotation not only during 
fixture congestion periods, but in general as well. Yeah, you're right, because Ericsson and uh, uh, Ali don't, they get the odd rest throughout the season, but they're pretty much guaranteed 36, yeah. 37 games. And Trippi is probably good for 30. And you're absolutely right that the, the, the attraction at the moment at the back, because the, the defenders are scoring points, but, you know, just Danny Ings is going to play every game now. I just want to point out, by the way, I have benched. Danny, I'm going to bench Danny Ings this weekend and start one Pasaka and PVA. I, I forgot to mention that earlier on. Um, I'm just going to throw it in. But I, I, I think at the moment, um, if I was wildcarding, and uh, or certainly I'll be using my transfers, I'm going to strengthen the bench. I think the objective for the next two or three weeks is to strengthen the bench. And there's so many good little cheapies on there, you know, that you could bring in that are going to start at every single game. Um, but I can almost guarantee you uh, there's going to be a week coming up where someone's got four big defenders and they're all going to get benched in the same weekend. That's my prediction coming up for game week five or six. We'll see. It'll be on Twitter and it'll go all over, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Um, yeah. Well, I hope I hope it's not our big defenders, but um, yeah, it, it could very, very easily happen. Um, let's move on. We finished up our, um, we've gone through all the games. So now is the time for the Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. And Dave, you'll remember from the last time you were on the pod, but the Barlow is the boring captain pick. So I know who you're going to say for that one. Um, but, um, and your Baldwin is your risky captain pick. Now you're, you're, um, you're a good Burnley boy. So you'll probably know your Coronation Streets. Um, so, uh, you'll, I don't need to explain Barlow and Baldwin to you. Um, but, uh, no. As our guest, you're first up. So um, your Barlow is Raheem Sterling this game week, yeah? 100%. Yeah, as I said, strategically, if I back off that now, I've just locked all the points in to everybody else's scores. I have to keep going with it. You know, I've got to try and unlock those points. So I think Raheem could 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 revel in uh in, in, in this weekend's this weekend's game. I think Jesus and Sane will sit out. I'm expecting a start for Mahrez and Sterling. I think he'll go back to a, a a three at the back and just throw everything at Newcastle. And they might hold out, but once they tire. Um, so, yeah, Sterling for sure um, uh, uh, for, for me. And if you're feeling risky, who would be your bold one, Captain Pick? <sighs> well... I can't say hazard. It's just 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 too dull. But my big risky one for this weekend, I would go Walcott. Of course, last season there was a bit of a tradition with the highest picked up player of um, before a game week flopping that coming game week. So um, Walcott probably will be the kind of the highest picked up player, I would imagine. Um, maybe Lucas Mora will uh, will rival him for it. But um, before game week four. But um, the uh, yeah yeah we'll 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 see if Wally will uh, will reward his owners or whether the people should have gone maybe the Pedro route which is the way I went, uh, for for my uh, Richardson pickup, but um Kylie come to you next on it um who is your Barlow and who is your Baldwin? Um I won't call him boring because he's not he's delightful but um Aguero a Newcastle at home. We know that Aguero is a home bird. We saw this against Huddersfield. We saw it last season as well. And Newcastle brings such fond memories 
I think that's mouth-watering and that's all you need to say. I also think he'll be the highest captained player in the game week for that reason. Um, risky one, I think, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it risky, but I think if you had Hazard, he would be a great pick this week if you were looking to go against Aguero. He does have a really good record against Bournemouth. He even said came out and said he loves playing them because he always scores against them. So I think he would be a great one if you're going for something different. Or uh, Lucas Mora, maybe, to see what he can do against Watford. Watford have been respectably tied at back, um, but, you know, maybe he could make it a third game week in a row to score. I think it's a bit of a funny one if you look outside of City. It's a bit tricky, yeah. Listen, guys, I'm just going to have to have to, have to leave you. I've just realised what time it is. I've got to be up at five tomorrow, and uh, um, I'm disturbing my wife despite the fact I'm two floors down. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise what no, time it was. I'm going no to have to problem, call it. Dave. Right. No. Thanks a million for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Marzi come to you on your picks so give us your Barlow and give us your Baldwin yeah I mean you can't look beyond uh, Sergio no matter what any journalist will say he's taken my, the captain armband if he's rested then be it but I can't see you know his record against Newcastle is just ridiculous and that's those are the games that you bought you bought him for so you've got him he has to be the captain choice uh, Baldwin maybe uh, I would go with Zaha Southampton I don't rate Southampton and I think Zaha at home could uh, he's, he's one of those players that fr- frustrate me whenever I have him he always you watch him and he's always nearly there nearly there and then you take him out he starts scoring so I'm hoping now is this last season story and this season is a different story and he starts delivering yeah it's hard to argue with you guys picks um, Aguero would be my Barlow he's definitely the safe captain pick um, this game week highest ownership without a shadow of a doubt um, in active managers um, and then for my risky pick I probably would go Alonso because I think he's in great form I think Chelsea will well dominate um, Bournemouth and they definitely will score a few goals in that one so um, so Alonso would be my um, my bold one um, folks let's move on to the listener questions section of the show which um, we got loads and loads in so thanks very much for, for um, text tweeting us in um, come to Mars you first on um, our mate Mohutsu at Eno385 was asking he's wondering about the wing back debate so he's talking about falsely assuming Pochettino will rotate Trippier um, but he, him being also on set pieces makes him more attractive Davies has been better with underlying stats so which one of those do we lean towards so Marzi give me a quick two or three word answer on that one you have to choose it's Trippier but Pochettino said that he's going to rotate the players, so there's other wing-backs that are the main starters in those teams, so why not look away? Yeah, and if you do have, if I suppose if you have one of them, you do need to make sure you have a good option on the bench, even though they probably will disgust you by bringing, on, bringing them on for 10 minutes at the end. Um, he was also asking, would we sacrifice a decent midfield for Kane? And we did discuss Kane a lot on the show, that it probably, like Kane... Right now, personally, I wouldn't go um, ripping up my midfield at the moment. But um, but no, it, I wouldn't either. And I looked at my team with Aguero and Kane up front, and the midfield 
if you're sticking with Salah, it's just ridiculous if you want to stick with the wing-backs. I think it has to be one or the other. And I think, you know, as long as Aguero keeps scoring, uh, ideally I'd like more than just a hat-trick in every other game. But hey, I'm not going to complain um, if he keeps on going. And Kane is just getting the odd one. It's when Kane starts getting his hat-tricks and then you have to switch between them. Exactly. That's when it's going to be uh, the, the magical switcheroo and you have to get it right. Yeah, it would be switcheroo, Kylie. Yeah, we um, go Kylie, again, but Lazzy's saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's become yeah, a bit of uh, a bit of a theme. Um, Kylie, move on to Happy FBL was asking. Um, he's an owner of Salah and Mane. Would you consider dropping one of them for Hazard? So, um, which one would you go for if you're dropping one? I'm biased on this subject, as we know. Um, yeah. I'm also a. I'm also a Salah and Mane owner now, and. Um, and I'm happy to own both. I can definitely see the appeal of having Hazard. I think there may come a time this season when we could move out Salah. It's possible because it would be very hard for him to replicate what he did last year in terms of that degree of consistency and explosiveness that we saw. Usually we tend to have one or the other, you know, Kane is explosive, but not necessarily consistent. Salah managed to achieve both, and that's a tricky thing. But you, you I, know, Kylie, we say that we say that. Yet he's returned in every game so far this season. Oh, absolutely, no question. It's funny, I but mean, I, people keep questioning it. Yet he has returned. If he hasn't scored, he has assisted. Right. His, I, I fu- his PPG, his PPG is still over eight. But what I think it is is. People want an excuse to get rid of Salah because of his price. They do. That's the key thing. And Spot you can't on. argue with that logic because he is expensive. But I do think that you're not just battling with what his returns are. You're battling with ownership. This is a fact. And if he's even close to as consistent um, as he was last year, or certainly consistent enough that people are holding on to him, then you do have a problem if you get rid of him because it's hard to find alternatives, cheaper ones, yeah. who can yeah, yeah. who can deliver that. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've, we've all we've all said the Liverpool forwards have not clicked yet. I'm petrified for the rest of the league when they do click, hopefully. Yeah. And see see seeing uh, uh, so. Salah's returns even double. Hopefully, that's what I want. But, yeah. They could. I think that having, I think that having Liverpool and, uh, sorry, double Liverpool attack is fine. Even with the difficult fixtures coming up, they will continue to score, and I think they'll reach a new gear this season um, in in the coming games. So I'm very happy to own both. I think Hazard is a hard one to own. He looks fantastic at the moment, and he's a great differential, no doubt. But. Um, it, I assume it look it would be Mane for to to move on just for um, the reasons that we've outlined, but I wouldn't be doing that personally. I, I'd be happy to stick with uh, the lovely Mane and hope he does something. So, I think you almost betrayed him again there, Kylie, in the way you said that. But we'll move on. Um, I Marzi wouldn't to... betray him, but others might. That's all. Marzi, we'll move on to Adzer seven zero two. He was basically quick, quick answer in this one. Richarlison owners, which is better, to move on to Lucas Moura or Walcott? So um, Walcott. 
or bench him until he returns. I don't think that's really an option because you're going to lose no, too much value. No, unless you have an amazing bench. It's just ridiculous to bench somebody like that. Uh, yeah. Walcott. Walcott for the short term. See, you know, based on the I pictures. like Mora for the short term. Just to be controversial. Yeah, cool. Depending on who you rate more, you can go with Kylie's opinion or Mars's opinion on that. <laughs> Usually our opinion's the same. Do you think Moro will score more than uh, against Liverpool than Theo against Cardiff? No, I. It's not that. It's but it doesn't come down to just one match. And I guess well, that's the short term, right? They've got Huddersfield, Cardiff, and um, Spurs, Spurs have got. Um, Watford, Liverpool, I think. Yeah, um, I think that I think Spurs will score against Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool will keep a clean sheet in that match. So on paper, Everton have amongst the best fixtures that there are, no doubt. But I'm just a bit iffy on Walcott. I don't care. Oh, I have enough, yeah. against him. He's a troll. He's another troll. He's absolutely a troll. Um, Kylie, FBL crate digger, so John Smith's Murs was asking, is Aubameyang worth keeping or was he just a half season wonder? I don't think he's a half season wonder, but he's, um, yeah. you're, you're probably, your rank is suffering all the time. You're sticking with him at the moment. Yeah. And his price has gone down already as well. Um, I don't think he's a half season wonder. I think we had incredibly high expectations of him because of how well he performed in the short period of time that he was with Arsenal last season. He was just, you know, I mean, his accuracy was excellent and, and he, he was just delivering so many points for those that had him. So that we, you know, in some ways put him in that Aguero kind of category and he, we really needed to see more and we needed to see what formation Arsenal were playing with and, and how they settled in with the new manager as well. Um, I personally would be jumping from him and that could seem rash given their fixtures, but I just don't think that there's enough out of him at the moment. And I think that while their fixtures are good, Aguero's are fantastic. So it's to, I, I would move and I would be looking to Mkhitaryan as an alternative to Aubameyang to tap into those nice Arsenal fixtures. Come back to him later in the season, yeah. Yeah, just to be controversial, I wouldn't jump off him with Cardiff away next. You've held this far, just wait. They've got Cardiff away, then, um, then they've got Newcastle, wait, is it? They've got Cardiff yeah, but away. if you don't have Aguero, yeah. would you well, exactly. I was going to say, a lot of the people that I've, a lot of the teams that I've seen, they've got Aguero and Boomerang. Yeah, if you have both, fair exactly. enough. Now, most likely, it's going to be a minus four, whatever you do, because what you're going to do is you're going to downgrade Aubameyang and upgrade yeah. a midfielder. You've held this far. Let's see. And now, Cardiff could be one of those games where Neil Warnock actually just gets stuck because he, he hates the, the flair players. Yeah, he hates the flair managers. So he might just get into his team and get him get them stuck into Arsenal and we might see them come unstuck, maybe. However, <laughs> based on what we've seen so far, Cardiff can't score and you'd expect Arsenal to score. And it would be gut-wrenching if you sell him now and then he goes and scores. Especially for a hit, you could. There's no way you could get rid of him for a hit with that fixture, as you said. Yeah, 
So maybe just hold off one one week. He scores, you keep him because they got Newcastle next, and you know Newcastle are not pulling up any trees either. They might defend because it's a it's a it's a home game for Newcastle, but you expect Arsenal to win that game. Mersey, uh, John G. Grifters United was saying um, this game week didn't really go to plan for him, and he asked you to sing for him to ease his pain. No, I don't know if that's going to ease anyone's pain. <laughs> but... <laughs> Have you got a song Come for to John? Come to I'll fix you when it's a, when you're having a bad day. Don't worry. Uh, I did a little song for him at the beginning, you know. So uh, so that one was for John. So that was dedicated to John. That was nice, yeah. And I know there was somewhat there was there was another listener who was asking you to um to definitely have to I have to devote a serious amount of the podcast for you to talk about your wildcatter team. Um, I know you have your fans, Mars, but um, I think you did talk about that a decent bit. So uh, hopefully they got some value from that one. Um, Kylie, come to you on this one. I, um, Paul Aiken was asking um, more of a general questions. What's the thoughts on all the early game week transfers? Now, I know, Mars, you had a bit of a rant on it last week about people doing it. And, of course, then you probably went ahead and did your early transfer yourself, which you did for a Charleston, didn't you? Um, yeah. But he's basically wondering <laughs> whether it's kind of ruining the game, making it boring, or causing us to miss some key data by going early. So um, what's your thoughts on these early transfers? That's the the latter point is always my concern about jumping the gun, um, you know, missing key data. Um, and it's not just in terms of whether there could be injuries that we only find out during press press conferences, but it's also sometimes I worry that, you know, you've made a certain decision and it, if it's an early transfer, it's generally triggered by a performance from a certain player. So a Lucas Mora kind of performance. Um, there were a few others who, who did well. But if a player comes out of the gates, they have a great day, score a couple of goals, and then all of a sudden their price is going through the roof because people are buying and you're buying because they seem like they'll fit into a slot in your team that you're looking to change. But you might not have given it that much thought and it turns out that there is actually a better alternative. You haven't looked at the stats or maybe you didn't even look at the game. Maybe you, you didn't watch the game um, and you only saw highlights or uh, just got the updates or something. But I like to have a full view before I make a decision. Otherwise, I get I just feel like I get itchy feet, you know, as they say. But um, I think the price rising has been really aggressive early this season but then it is every season we have so many more active managers and we have a lot of managers who are really really reactive so I think that will cool off in the coming weeks as more engaged managers continue to remain and then some fall away or or lose interest but it's just part of the game and it's just something that we have to deal with we have to pick and choose because there's sometimes where we really want to bring in a player and we have got a fully formed opinion and, you know, it's someone who not having could be detrimental to your team or, or your overall rank or mini league, whatever it is. So sometimes you do have to rush and hope that it pays off and that they don't get injured. But there are other times when I think you just might be better accepting a point one price rise if it's not going to throw off the rest of your plans and, just think about it and, and make a fully informed decision. Good stuff. 
Um, Gautam Venk, sorry, Venk Atasen. I'm uh, doing my best job there, Gautam at it. Um, he's wondering stick or twist with Richardson. So we did kind of talk on the Richardson options. Um, don't don't stick with him anyway. Twist because uh, three games, well two games, and then an Arsenal fixture. You wouldn't probably be too confident about. But um, and Mitrovic. He was asking about Mitrovic. He's a definite option now, Gautam. So um. If you have the kind of slot for a 6.5, um, he, Mitrovic has shown that he's uh, he's well worthy of consideration there. Um, Prashant Tuari was asking um, again for Richarlison um, replacements. He already has Pedro. He's worried about Walcott as he burned him last season. Um, but uh, in the best, he's wondering actually about Rawls as a replacement. Mkhitaryan would be the one, and Pedro are the two kind of of that price range. I want to kind of have them two in. Based on the fixtures and the value for money that they provide, they probably would be my two picks. But um, Dave actually mentioned Madison um, or even Ramsey. But um, can't go wrong. But it's 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 a tough one. I think that's what everyone is really thinking about: is who who to kind of get in for Richarlison. And uh, for me, it would be those two guys. Um, Marzi, last listener question for the show. Um, Shins eighty two was asking: Is Zaha now essential for the next four to six game weeks? I don't think any player is essential. I don't. I don't think I don't like the term essential. I think there are some players that now, you know, because of price rises and ranges and and um, what they're doing, they are important for your team. Is that I don't think Zaha is essential, but I think he's a good, absolutely great option for the next four to six weeks because of the fixtures that they've got. However, I've got him, and if he doesn't deliver within two games, I'll probably get rid. Good stuff. Thanks, Millie Mersey. Um, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. Um, thanks a million to uh, Dave who you can all follow of course at from Burnley um, on Twitter so um, top man Dave and thanks a million for coming on the show and hopefully you didn't get into too much trouble with your wife for um, for keeping her awake with all your FBL chin wagging um, Mars who of course you can follow at Mars05 Kylie who you can find at Kylie FPL myself who you can find at the Marble Curse um, we do hope you enjoyed listening in check us out at 3AmigosFPL and of course at 3AmigosFPL on Twitter and you'll find our latest blog posts and also links to our social channels. Uh, Please like, share and rate the podcast on iTunes as it helps us to increase our listenership. Thanks as always for your support. Good luck in game week four. Booyah! Brave amigo